Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Mr. G.R. Hart, and I thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we have a wonderful show scheduled for you tonight, man, and, and uh, one show that I really wanted to bring to you tonight um, <laughs> uh, beyond this um, Popeyes and Chick-fil-A dilemma. I want to bring this show to you uh, dealing with, with health but also um, with um, the issue of health care and how it is that we, as a people, uh, we're dying. Uh, I think tens of thousands of African Americans are dying yearly uh, because of lack of health care, basic, basic health care. So we're going to be talking about that tonight. And as you all know, or have heard or seen, Popeyes ran this ran this uh, this uh, dilemma, uh, if you will, uh, uh, debating whether or not uh, their chicken was uh, better. Was better than um, better than churches. I'm sorry, better than Chick Fil A. And um, what's so amazing about this this debate that Popeyes created was the fact that if you notice, they never did one commercial. They didn't have to <laughs> because black folks uh, through social media say Popeyes. They said up to a whopping twenty-three to twenty-five million dollars in advertisement, because black folks went on social media of all kinds: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, Snapchat, and they went around doing the test for Popeyes, and claiming that Popeyes was better, uh, for the most part, than Chick-fil-A. Even so, to the tune of the fact that there were lines going around. Popeyes, 50 to 100 people deep, waiting to get in. Black folks primarily, 99.9% black folks, waiting in line to get a damn chicken sandwich. Processed chicken sandwich today. It's fast food. Fast food. Anything fast food is processed food. It's fast food. It's low cost, 
lots of GMOs, lots of soy. That's why it's so cheap. So here we are, Popeyes and Chick-fil-A, going at this, this little dilemma. Black folks going around on, on, on social media bragging about it, being so happy that, that they got the chicken. And yet, <laughs> you rarely have seen if anybody claimed the chicken was phenomenal. Because it was just chicken. <laughs> it was just chicken. Nobody came back with, with a raving review like, oh, my God, that's the best. Nothing. Just chicken, man. It's it, it just processed chicken. And what am I ashamed that is that we will break our, neck, our necks and line up for something like for some damn chicken. But if we, if we had a cause for, for building a community center, with computers and laptops and things of that nature for our young children would nobody show up. Not even your local pastor. Neely Full has always said black folks love to participate in non productive things. And white folks know that and they prey on that. In 2020, they're going to give you a Mayweather-Pacquiao rematch. Black folks going to break their necks to buy pay-per-view to see a 40-something-year-old man fight another damn near 40-something-year-old man. As if that, that, that's, a re, that, that's something really important. $100 a pop. Well, I take that back. This fight's going to be $200 a pop to see it. Gonna be parties and everything. People, people gonna be throwing parties for the fight and everything. Folk gonna get brand new TVs, brand new furniture, you name it, for a couple of hours of entertainment. Again, non-productive stuff, and white folks know it. Even down to the NFL, hiring Jay Z as some social justice ambassador. Same man that told the other artists not to perform at the Super Bowl. Now he's going to be in, in charge of the Super Bowl halftime. Now I found out tonight through uh, Michi X, and shout out to Michi X. Jay-Z coming up with a social, social justice clothing line. <laughs> and when you hear the word social justice, that ain't for black folk. That's the gays, Hispanics, white women, Asians, Indians, Iraq. That's the social justice for anybody that's being oppressed. And this whole thing was about the police brutality and the killings of black unarmed young men and women. And now they got this punk sissy who's going to capitalize on, on on this whole campaign. And I'm telling you, black folk, you, you, you need to do a hashtag boycott Jay-Z. Hell, I might start it. That nigga got to go. 
just because you get a few niggas out of jail, it don't impress me. For all this money you got, you ain't built shit. You you, you or, your, or your wife. Affect Tina Turner. So amazing, man. So amazing. So for, for decades, many churches have have served dinners after the last service of every Sunday, especially back in the back, back in the uh, I, I'd say back in the 30s and 40s, up all the way up probably to the 80s and 90s. And many small churches still do that. They do just that. They have Sunday dinner, and most of what we ate at church transferred to what we ate at our, at our home as well. It began back in slavery times, as we all know, and it continues to this day. We are creatures of habit, yet this habit causing is causing many of our people to have complications that, that are leading to an early death. From kidney failure, heart failure, diabetes among African Americans is one of the leading causes of death. And yet we rarely talk about, about it in our lifestyles in those very said churches that we worship in every Sunday. So we're going to discuss that tonight and try to, and try to find out is why this leading cause of our demise, but especially why in hell black folk don't have no damn health insurance. That's also is a strategic move on white supremacy. I saw this article the other day, and uh, it, it came from Statista, and uh, it, it's one of the um, websites, the Statista, uh, dealing with African Americans and the distribution of 10 leading causes of death among us in the U.S., and, 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 and diseases of the heart was, uh, was the top, and then also cancer, malignant, malignant Neoplasm uh, was number two, and then you have uh, accidents um, number three, and then um, diseases and strokes number four, but then diabetes is number five causes of death. But but and we're gonna get into the fact that diabetes ties into the to the to three of them that I just mentioned above, and and, and also we have we have chronic lower respiratory disease. Uh, as well as homicide, as people always uh, try to make you think homicide is, is is one of the top leading causes of death, is actually the ninth cause of death in the black community, homicide is. And then kidney disease rose up to top 10. So amazing that um, these things are happening. And it says here that the leading, the leading causes of death among black residents in the United States in, in 2017 Includes diseases of the heart, cancer, stroke, unintentional injuries, and the leading causes of death for African Americans generally reflects the leading causes of death for the entire United States population. And um, when it says, however, a major exception is the death from assault or homicide is the seventh leading cause of death among African Americans, but it's not among the ten leading causes for general population. amazing, man. And it talks about the cancer disparities as well. And um, 
it's so amazing that, that heart disease and strokes and cancer, and it's all ties into food, by the way. Uh, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. It all ties in, 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 into what we're eating and putting in our bodies. Um, and, and, and that's somebody's shame. It, tie, it, it ties into what we're putting in our bodies. And uh, another one of the article I read from the National Kidney Foundation. This article was really prevalent to me, man, because it talked about African Americans and kidney disease. And again, I told you, this all ties into, into diabetes. So this article reads, uh, due to the high rates of diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart disease, black, blacks and African Americans have an increased risk of developing kidney failure. Blacks and African Americans need to be aware of risk factors and visit their doctor or clinic regularly to check their blood pressure, blood sugar, urine protein, and kidney function. And it says blacks and African Americans suffer from kidney failure at a significantly higher rate than Caucasians, more than three times higher. African Americans constitute more than 35% of all patients in the U.S. receiving dialysis for kidney failure, but yet we only represent 13.2% of the overall population. Diabetes is the leading cause of kidney failure in African Americans. African Americans are twice as likely to be diagnosed with diabetes as Caucasians. Approximately 4.9 million African Americans over 20 years of age are living with, with either diagnosed or underdiagnosed with diabetes. Some folks don't even know they got diabetes. The most common type of diabetes in African Americans is type 2. The risk factor for this type of diabetes includes family history, impaired glucose tolerance, diabetes during pregnancy, hypoinsulinemia, insulin resistance, obesity, and physical inactivity. Very basic. African Americans with diabetes are more likely to develop complications of diabetes and to have greater disabilities from these complications than Caucasians. African Americans are also more likely to develop serious complications such as heart disease and strokes. High blood pressure is the second leading cause of kidney failure among African Americans and remains the leading cause of death due to its link with heart attacks and stroke. So amazing, man, that basic care of our bodies, basic care of our bodies. And I'm going to talk about, about, about preventions in just a moment. Just basic care of our bodies could prevent uh, diabetes and, and, and kidney failures and kidney disease, strokes and heart attacks. There's right here exercise. Very simple. Keep the body moving. Keep the blood flowing. So amazing. So amazing, man. So here we are talking about fried damn chicken. Whose chicken is who got the better chicken? Folks are, you know, folks are down there breaking their neck to um, get to this chicken. And yet, that's the main reason why we're dying in the first place. Not just the chicken, but just unhealthy eating. I'm guilty of it too. I, I love sweets. Hell, I love chicken. But I've learned to, I, I, I've learned to, 
eat more fruits and vegetables. Drink lots of water. Get your body flowing. Get, get some exercise. Do some stretching. Do, do something. Do some yoga. But you got to get that blood flowing. This is not a game, people. It's not a game. And our routine from slavery, and I, and I know a lot of black folks, you know, every time you, you open up a restaurant, you got to be a soul food restaurant. Why? Girl, they got the best greens and macaroni and cheese in town. And then folks say, oh, yeah, high blood pressure running my family. Or, or yeah, cancer running, because you're eating the same thing. <laughs> Hell yeah, go run in your family if, you, if your family eats the same thing. And so, so many of us, especially in, in the country, we, we we have kept that tradition of of, of of Sunday meals, and for the most part, and and thank God, people are so busy now that they don't have time to cook those full full meals. And I think that's probably why we, you know folks aren't dying as much, but but we're still dying at a at, a, at a, an alarming rate. And so many people now, you know, the new fat now is going to vegan. And so many people are trying uh, different things to, to help, you know, to be healthy, you know, not because of a lifestyle, but because of a trend, which is really, really sad and pathetic, but, you know, because that's not going to last. Many people are juicing now and, and doing different things, but, but, but nothing is a lifestyle. Like drinking water, like, like just breathing a lifestyle. And that's what I'm trying to get to. I'm doing many things and taking care of my body, taking different minerals and moringa. I take moringa pills. I take um, curriculum, uh, if I'm saying it right, uh, turmeric, organic turmeric. Spirillo, chlorophyll. I'm doing different types of things to really uh, give my body a chance to survive. And many churches are, they shy away from talking about health. They talk about it now. now they talk about it briefly, but they know they, they can't talk about it too much because of the tradition, of, uh, especially the Baptist church. They may talk about it for a Sunday or so, but they're not going to talk about it on a regular basis. And, and, and when they read the announcements, when they talk about the shut-in, they'll say, you know, we, we want to spit, send a special prayer out Mother Mother Williams who who, who uh, lost a leg through diabetes. We want to give a shout-out to Brother Herman who suffered a heart. Just listen listen, listen to the rollout at, at every church. And listen about and, and what the what what the affliction is. All these things I'm talking about: strokes, cancer, diabetes, kidney failure, heart attacks, high blood pressure. Same things that I'm reading about. And you can tell me not one preacher. I finally developed enough common sense. Say, man, hey, man. Let's let's grow a community garden in the back of this church, and let's create some meals. Let's get these sisters together to to, to create, create some hearty and healthy meals to our to our senior citizens. 
for the week or something like that, some kind of program. You don't think nothing about that. You're too focused on on, on that tithing and, and that love offering. So think about having that congregation live a little bit longer. So amazing, man. Again, so amazing. So some of the preventions of uh, of uh, uh, diabetes and kidney disease and so forth, it says one in three American adults is at risk of kidney disease. And what puts you at risk for kidney disease, major risk factors include diabetes, high blood pressure, a family history of kidney failure, and being age 60 and older. Kidney disease often has no symptom. It can, it can go undetected until very advanced. But a simple urine test can tell if you have kidney disease. Remember, it's important to get tested because early detection and treatment can slow or prevent the progression of kidney disease. Here are some helpful things to discuss with your doctor uh, at your annual physical. And it says here, a urine test. It says you could help save your kidneys with a simple urine test. Ask your doctor about albinum creatinine ratio, which estimates estimates the amount of type of protein albumin albumin that is in your urine. Also a blood test. It tells how your kidneys are working to remove waste from your blood. It is the best way to check kidney function. Over 90 is good. 60 to 89 should be monitored. Less than 60 for three months indicates kidney disease. So amazing, man. It says a 10 of free uh, health screening near you. There's always a health screening for, for folks all the time. And, and, and shame on me because I never went to one of them. And, and, and why? We don't talk about this stuff, man. And we don't take advantage of it. There's always a, a, a health screening somewhere. So amazing. So amazing, man, that, that, that we, we, we don't do the basic Necessities to stay alive. So amazing. Doesn't take a whole lot, but it takes you being aware. So here, this in the same article from the National. Kidney Foundation talks about minorities and kidney, kidney disease. This black Americans, Hispanics, Asian, and Pacific Islanders, American Indians, and Alaska Natives are at higher risk for kidney disease and kidney failure. In fact, black Americans are three times more likely, and Hispanics are half times more likely to have kidney failure compared to white Americans. Researchers do not fully understand why minorities are at high risk for kidney disease. However, minorities have much higher rates of high blood pressure, diabetes, obesity, and heart disease, all of which increase the risk of kidney disease. Access to health care may also play a role. I'm going, to say, I'm going to say this to myself because the Holy Spirit is telling me to say this. One of the main reasons I feel that this affects people of color, Hispanics, Asians, Pacific Islanders, Alaskans, American Indians, it's because the food that we're eating was not made for, to be eaten. <laughs> what made to be eaten? And for other people, 
if they can eat it, let's be real, doesn't affect them. The process, the GMOs, I mean, it affects them to a certain degree, don't get me wrong, but, but these foods, if you look at if, if, if all the people I named, we ate from the earth, from the ground. We didn't, we didn't create sugar to diet, vanilla to diet. Vanilla is black. That's the color of vanilla is black. They made, the, they made everything white, flour, sugar, vanilla, artificially, artificially everything. And this type of eating is affecting our body. And they know this. Scientists know this. They, they will never tell you. But I'm telling you not through the Holy Spirit. Because we're not eating from the earth. No longer are we getting or being healthy and, and living a long life as God intended us to do. I'm going to take this quick commercial break. When I come back, I'm going to talk about this health care thing, man, and, and how uh, the study talks about why black folk don't have any health care and, 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 and the fact that they don't want us to have it because they want our asses to die in the first place. We'll take this break, and I'll be back in just a moment. North Georgia's premier beauty supply and hair care service center is your one-stop shop for all of your beauty needs. PDNK provides natural hair care services for braiding, sewing, and so much more. Give us a call or stop by and see us. PDNK Beauty Supply, designed with you in mind. Family-owned and operated, God-driven. Thank you. So often, uh, herbs are some of the easiest things to grow, uh, no matter where you live, whether you live up north or in a cold environment or, or cold climate, that is, or even in a warm environment. Uh, herbs are really easy to grow. There's so many benefits of having herbs and healing herbs uh, in your home on a regular basis uh, for healing purposes. Uh, so first, I want to talk about oregano. Oregano helps. Uh, when you use oregano, you can add oregano in your tea or just some hot water, and it helps soothe the cough. Also, mint. Uh, I want to talk a little bit further about mint in another broadcast, but mint can ease hiccups, for one instance. But mint has a, a multitude of uh, different things mint can do. Another herb is ginger, and it helps uh, to anti-nausea remedy. It helps you... Uh, prevents you from being nauseated. Then you got garlic. It's also a multitask uh, herb that helps uh, natural antiseptic. Then you got phenogreek. It helps to flush out harmful toxins. That's phenogreek. That is another herb. Another herb is fennel. Reduce bad breath and body odor. So awesome. And then you have the cloves that help uh, bleeding gums and help uh, fine tooth pain, cloves, wonderful herb to have uh, in your cabinet. Also, sage is also a wonderful uh, herb to have. It, it, it also relieves bloating as well. And then for acne treatment, we're talking about thyme. Thyme is a wonderful herb to have as well. And then turmeric, I, I, did a, I did a 
a live broadcast dealing with turmeric, but it has anti-cancer uh, ingredients in those that will help you uh, fight off uh, cancerous cells. Also, basils. Basil helps in bug bite treatments. And you have uh, black pepper that helps reduce weight. And cayenne pepper, it helps prevent blood clots. And then you have cinnamon. Also lowers blood pressure as well. And deal, it treats heartburn. And finally, for, for having a sore throat, a uh, wonderful herb to have on hand would be uh, rosemary. That certainly helps with uh, having a sore throat. And again, these are some wonderful herbs that you can grow in your very own uh, kitchen or you know in your in your um, you know in your window seal window seal uh, that you can have at, at all times uh, at your disposal. Healing herbs is so wonderful. God has given us so many things to bless us, and uh, we need to take advantage of this, people. Uh, you can grow these herbs pennies on the dollar. They are wonderful and marvelous uh, in helping you increase your health, your life expectancy, and just enjoy babies to enjoy life in general with your family and your loved ones. This is Minister Jill Harden coming to you, and uh, I'll see you real soon. Peace and God bless. we were talking about the new study and um, dealing with diabetes and um, it's so wonderful that, that the CDC came up, came up with this the new finding and, and it talked about primarily uh, the Baptist churches really being the <laughs> as I said earlier the focal point of, of diabetes because because of Baptist churches keeping their tradition and uh, many other churches have, have, have talked about non, some non-denominational churches are doing a, a, a different um, lifestyle of eating and, and doing things differently. But however, there are more Baptist churches uh, for the most part than non, non-denominational non churches. And there lies, there lies I, I wouldn't say the problem, but, but, but the lack of awareness that we really need to, you know, because most Baptist churches, they go for older pastors. You know, they won't, they won't pass the seasoned pastors. So therefore, uh, they're going to they're gonna keep the tradition Alive and well, but yet we have to find a way ourselves to get the proper care, the proper attention 
uh, dealing with our health. So the New York Times Magazine came up with this article, and it says, why doesn't the United States have universal health care? And it says, the answer has everything, everything to do with race. Came out a couple of weeks ago from uh, Janine Interlandy. Interlandy, Janine Interlandy. She wrote this article for the New York Times, uh, yeah, New York Times Magazine, about healthcare. It's so amazing uh, that she wrote this thing, and it says here. She talked about the smallpox, uh, hopscotch across the uh, post-Civil War South, invading the makeshift camps where many thousands of newly Freed African Americans had taken refuge, but leaving surrounding white communities comparatively unscathed. And this pattern of affliction was no mystery. In the late 1860s, doctors had yet to discover viruses, but they knew that poor nutrition made people more susceptible to illness and that poor sanitation contributed to the spread of disease. They also knew that quarantine and vaccination could stop an outbreak in its tracks. They had used those very tools to prevent smallpox outbreaks from ravaging the U- Union Army. The smallpox was not only the health disparity of facing the newly emancipated, who at the close of the Civil War faced a considerably higher mortality rate than, the, than that of whites. Despite their urgent pleas for assistance, white leaders were deeply ambivalent about intervening, and they worried about black epidemics spilling into their own communities and wanted to formally enslave to be healthy enough to return to the plantation work. But they also feared that free and healthy African-Americans would up in the racial hierarchy. The historian Jim Downs writes in, in his book in 2012, Speak from Freedom. And he, and he also writes that federal, federal policies uh, reflected white ambivalence at every turn. Congress established the Medical Division of Freedom, Freedmen's Bureau, the nation's first federal health care program to address the health crises, but officials deployed just 120 or so doctors across the war-torn South, then ignored those doctors' pleas for personal personnel and equipment. They erected more than 40 hospitals, but prematurely shuttered, shuttered most of them. And it says in this article, this white legislature has argued that free assistance of any kind would breed dependence. And when it came to black infirmity, hard labor was better slave than white medicine. Hard labor was a better slave, a better, a better salve, I'm sorry. Hard labor was a better salve than white medicine. And as the death toll rose, they developed a new theory. Blacks were so ill-suited to freedom that the entire race was going extinct. And no charitable black scheme can wash out the color of Negro, change his interior nature, or save him from his inevitable fate. An Ohio congressman said, well, I want to stop here and say this real quick. Many things in, 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 our, in our history books uh, throughout grade school and up and, and beyond our collegiate years, have never been had never been put in those books. Doctor Clark reminded Doctor John Henry Clark reminded us that before Africans ever seen a white man, there was no such thing as a common cold. 
Africans never got sick. Africans never got divorced. They didn't have no bastard children. Women running out of wedlock. None of these things, no homosexuality. It was only until they encountered white folk who came where? From the cold. Anybody can, can tell you common sense. When you come from the cold to to, to hot, your ass going to be sick. Why? You're not used to that shit. Your body is not used to that shit. Many people don't know that the Moors taught white folks how to bathe themselves, how to quarantine themselves. It was it was the Moors in Spain taught white folks you can't live in the same house with your animals <laughs> and then have sex with them because they didn't they didn't want any babies so they couldn't feed them so so the men had sex with their own animals the pigs the dogs the goats true story. They they were living a muck. They were they were infested with disease. And when they came in contact with the people who didn't who, who rarely eat meat, black folk don't even know that Africans only ate meat when there was a famine. The Bible tells you eat the seeded fruit and plant, and I think it's uh, Genesis uh, chapter one verse twenty six. Eat the seeded fruit and plant. God told you that. That's what they ate. Africans, Africans lived by the shores. They lived in no damn jungle. And they, they ate from the sea and from the ground. Berries and blackberries and everything was, most of the fruits were, were, were either red or black. All healing. Cancer is free. Cold-free, flu-free. They weren't sick. They never were sick. So they begin to mingle with these people. And just like they gave the Indians smallpox, they gave our black guys the same thing. They understood. Killing is their profession. With no no remorse, and then they turn around and say, "Oh, these niggas are always sick." Yeah, because they came in contact with your ass, with your sickly ass. So let's not get it twisted. And I, and I know this this woman is, is she's trying to go back and and she's trying to set the stage of of the sickness and, and, and how it was, but 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 she's not she not she's not telling in depth. The other side of this thing, and and, and 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 that is that's why we, we they created ghettos in all these neighborhoods. The reason why 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 we have these neighborhoods because. Like the article said, it knows the lack of nutrition, poor health, lack of medical care, lack, doctor visits, no dental visit, no eye visit. Yes, 
that increases your chance of, of an early death. And how diabolical that is. But what it is is, is the American way. So you look up here, and it says this article, I'm moving moving ahead now. It talks about in 2010, the Affordable Care Act brought health, care, health insurance to nearly 20 million previously uninsured adults. The biggest beneficiaries of this boom were people of color, many of whom obtained coverage through the law's Medicaid expansion. That coverage contributed to a measurable decrease in some racial health disparities, but the success was neither or enduring nor as widespread as it might have been. Several states, most of them in the former Confederacy, refused to participate in the medical expansion, Medicaid expansion, and several are still trying to make access to program contingent on a new work requirement. The result of both policies have been unequivocal. States that expanded Medicaid saw a drop in disease-related deaths, according to the National Bureau of Economic Research. But in Arkansas, the the first state to implement work requirement, nearly 20,000 people were forced off the insurance plan. 150 years after the the freed people of the South first petitioned, the government for basic Medicare, the United States remains the only high-income country in the world where such care is not guaranteed to every citizen. In the United States, racial health disparities have proved as foundational as democracy itself. There has been, there's never been any period in, in American history where the health of blacks were equal to the whites. And it says Evelyn Hammond, a historian of science at Harvard University, says disparity is built into the system. Medicare, Medicaid, and the Affordable Care Act have helped shrink those disparities, but no federal health policy has yet eradicated them. So amazing. So amazing. It says the United States remains the only income, the only high-income country in the world where health care is not guaranteed. Only. So amazing. So amazing. There's so many things that we we should be fighting for, and and, and many of these celebrities, but this kind of stuff here, they stay far away from it. Don't want to hurt their brand. Jesus did say, I think, I I, want to say in, 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 in Colossians, one of the hardest things to do is, 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 is to speak truth. Truth is one of the hardest things to do. Because truth will bring enemies. You'll lose family. You'll lose friends over truth. You'll lose your life over truth. But in the end, I'll tell you the date, in the end, we will win. Oh, we will win. That's all I have for you tonight, man. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Make sure you share this uh, broadcast with your friends and loved ones, and and, and also and also uh, hit that like button, man, to uh, get more subscribers on this thing. Because I'm, I'm I'm going to be doing a lot more shows uh, dealing with things that matter. I don't give a damn about about all the, the popular things we talk about. Even though I started off talking about. The, 
I did mention the the, the uh, Popeye's dilemma, but nevertheless, that that was that wasn't the topic. We don't have time for foolishness and buffoonery. Got enough folks doing doing that. All the hot topics. We we, we want to move our people from glory to glory, and not from story to story. And as we always say in parting, love yourselves and love yourself. And to know yourselves comes by, comes by spending time with God. We thank you. Peace. And we'll see you on, on the next broadcast. Thank you.